Welcome to Lipstick Fitties, a beauty podcast. I'm your host, Atlanta makeup artist and content creator, Rachel Rose Mazza. I created this podcast to have unfiltered conversations about all things beauty. We're chilling with my friends and colleagues from all over the world in all different walks of life. This goes way beyond the glossy facade of social media. Sometimes we don't get to know the personalities behind the people who create with their heart and soul. I'm talking to everyone from pro makeup artists to beauty enthusiasts, from influencers to entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Lipstick Biddies is a community we're building that is truly interactive with you listeners. So if you're someone who wants to learn some shit, get inspired, and have a good-ass time, this podcast is for you. Who are the faces behind the faces? Keep listening to find out. Hi, biddies. Welcome back. Guess what? We're going to make this intro short, sweet, and to the point because if you've been following my Instagram stories, you'll know your girl, she got the Rona. I've avoided it for two years, y'all. I am triple vaccinated and I still got it. Um, please be safe out there. Um, Cases are on the uptick, so um, it is no joke. I have definitely not been feeling well, but luckily this episode was recorded in advance. I'm really excited for it, so we're going to skip all of the usual housekeeping as you guys all know the deal. Welcome to the new friends. Welcome back to all of the biddies that come back week by week. I appreciate all of you and your support. One note I will make is our merch launch, which was supposed to be today. Obviously, like I said, because I'm sick, um, I'm not in Atlanta. I had to change all my flights and everything. It's been a whole big fucking mess, biddies. Um, So stay tuned. It'll probably be, it'll definitely be next week. And if you made any pre-sale orders, I'm going to try to get them out later this week when I'm back in town. Thank you all for being patient with me. Um, Yeah, so let's get into who our guest is. It is my friend, makeup artist, Lindsay Kastik. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Lindsay Kastik. Guys, Lindsay is incredible. If you did not listen to her little mini interview, you probably got like a little taste of her from the makeup show episode a couple weeks ago. Lindsay and I do talk briefly about her story with makeup, how she became a makeup artist, which includes her past with an abusive partner. And we talk about mental health. So if you'd like to skip over those topics, it's between the 10 minute mark and the 14 minute mark. So this is your content warning. Um, It is very important to talk about and something that we've talked about many times on Lipstick Biddies. So if you're looking for additional resources, if you're struggling with any of these topics or mental health, please reach out to me for additional resources. We talk about so much in this episode. She and I are very similar in our backgrounds in corporate and how we integrate our backgrounds in corporate and admin savviness into our business structure um, to propel our careers as makeup artists. So we talk a lot about... um, the personal struggles with um, networking. We also talk about making relatable reels for makeup industry folks, you know, like the ones that we make, uh, the reels and TikToks. If you love my content, you're going to love Lindsay's. So make sure to check hers out. She's fucking hilarious. Um, We talk about working for free 
test shoots, kind of navigating what a test shoot is and whether it's a good opportunity for you um, and your relationships with people that you do test shoots with. Um, She was just um, a makeup artist at the VMAs. We talk about that. We talk about her um, getting brand sponsorships as a makeup artist. And we talk about our good old friend um, imposter syndrome. So um, we talk about some of the tips that we have for tackling that as makeup artists, something that we deal with all the time. Um, As a reminder, please make sure to tag both me and Lindsay, something you learned, something you loved in a screenshot listening to this week's episode. We love to hear your feedback and we also have a homework assignment for you in this episode. So biddies, enjoy the episode and I will talk to you all next week, hopefully feeling a little bit better. (laughs) See ya. Hello, middies. Welcome back to the podcast. It is your host, Rachel here, your HBIC head biddy in charge, you know, and love. I'm here today with one of my favorite people, makeup artist, Lindsay Kastek. How are you, Lindsay? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. You may remember Lindsay because we did a little mini interview at the makeup show, which by the time this airs, you will have listened to her. So you kind of got a little taste of her, but (laughs) I fucking love you, Lindsay. I'm so happy that you're here because I feel like you have such an amazing story. You do such amazing work. And I feel like in a lot of ways, our lives and like, you know, certain aspects about who we are as makeup artists and business people and entrepreneurs like intersect so many ways. So I feel like this is going to be like a really fun conversation for everybody. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So for anybody who does not know you, would you mind doing a little intro? Hello, introduce yourself. Sure, sure. So I'm Lindsay. I'm a like commercial editorial makeup artist. I live in New York City and I've been doing makeup for about five years now. Self-taught, trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And you and I are like, I have been doing makeup about five years as well. So you and I both started like in a similar spot, like as far as like what we like. I started with like creative makeup and character makeup and that's the same as you, right? Yes. I was doing it only like on myself. I feel like a lot of our stories start that way. And then it just progressed into a career. And Mm -hmm. here I am doing no makeup makeup instead. Yes. (laughs) But that's what pays the big bucks, right? Very true. Yeah. It's the most, probably the the thing I do the most, but. And like, I, something I talk about a lot with people is like, okay, you can do like the most amazing creative makeup and like artists like you, artists like Docelle and Marika Laptite, Vengeance, you know, Mm -hmm. super creative looks amazing eye-catching colors, but the skin is always flawless. Oh, thank you. I know, that's it, the most important part. It is. It is. It was kind of like, it came almost naturally because I was like, okay, I'm just going to like quickly get some skin on and then do the creative makeup over top of it. And then kind of everyone was just like, well, you know, that's like a thing too, right? I was like, I don't want to do that. No. And here I am <laughs> doing it all the time. I so, actually have grown to love it so much. So... Me too. So you're completely self-taught. I feel like skin was something that I always struggled with. How, like specifically with skin, how did you learn how to do that? Because I feel like that's something that's so hard to learn from social media, which is where I kind of learned, especially with this hair. So how the hell, how the fuck did you like know? Yeah. So, okay. It was like, so, I mean, for me, I, I took to YouTube first and foremost, and I looked for like, makeup artists who were practicing who didn't really have any work like on themselves essentially so you know i looked at like their they had websites and 
one of the biggest ones was Andy Jibs. I can't remember her last, how to pronounce something, but she was someone that I kind of followed. And for me, it was like, I had only done makeup for myself. So I was like, okay, well, I have to make sure I can do everyone's makeup. And then also just watching YouTubers do their own makeup and like their skin types. I would just kind of apply that information to people like with similar skin tones and skin types. So, and like, again, just like a lot of trial and error, um, researching products was a big thing. Like when I started, I didn't have any money. <laughs> so it was like, okay, what can I get that uses on like a broad spectrum of skin types and skin tones? And it was just like a lot of research, honestly. And then, yeah, you know, just taking your time when you're practicing, building a portfolio that's what it's for is, is experimenting and, and learning. So I just kind of threw myself into it <laughs> with a little yeah. bit of knowledge that I researched. So this is the whole thing. It's like, you can be self-taught and learn how to like appropriately like work hygienically work as a working makeup artist. The information's out there and like... Yeah. That's why I feel like a lot of people do make excuses sometimes. They're like, oh, well, I don't know. But then if, if you're not, okay. So like, if you're someone like me who like, I didn't really know to where to start and I wanted to go and take a course, but then someone like you, who you really dug in, you really like dug through and knew what you had to look for just goes to show that like, you can come from whatever mindset and still get the same information. You just have to have the initiative to do it. Exactly. And I think we've, we've talked about this before. It was kind of like, there are no excuses because there are so many different routes to go with learning how to do makeup, mm -hmm. whether it be just getting a bunch of friends together and practicing on them and learning by experience or researching or going, taking a course, like there's like no excuse. So, but it's finding what works for you essentially. Exactly. So I know we kind of dipped into the middle, but let's take it back. Let's take a little stroll down yeah. um, memory lane. So <laughs> Because you have only been, I feel like we're like fresh at this, like five years in the grand scheme of things. What made you decide to pursue makeup artistry as an actual career? And kind of how did that creative inspiration kind of come to you in the beginning? Yeah. So it's kind of like a dark, heavy story, but like a good ending. So I've been in commercial retail like my entire life. I started like fresh out of high school and just worked my way up. I didn't go to college. So I had like no degree. And that was, I think, my career for 15 years. I worked my way up from sales all the way into like a luxury management position where I managed a whole store. So I was doing that. And my goal was to move to New York. So I moved to New York in 2016 of April, April 2016, and was living with a, an abusive partner at the time. August 2016 was only a few months. I finally decided to go to the police and was like, I was done with it. Mm -hmm. So I saw everything through like toughest, I think it was nine months. I think the case ended in April. And at the time, I was kind of exploring doing makeup with a friend of mine for fun and then moved to New York and to the city and was just doing it on myself. It was like the biggest form of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have started doing makeup on ourselves or even on other people. We kind of get into a trance. It's almost like you're just focusing on that in the moment and like you forget everything else. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just sitting in front of a mirror with whatever I had. I would put on the same album every time and just like do makeup. What album? So M83, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming. Ooh. Yeah. Like my jams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that while still working in corporate and started an Instagram just kind of like for fun. And people were like, these are like really cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. 
And then again, the case ended in April of 2017. Then my 30th birthday was June of 2017. Celebrated my birthday. Meanwhile, just my mental health was shot. It was gone. And then got fired almost a year to the day in August of 2017. And that was my first year in New York City. And I was just kind of like, wow. But it was at that time I was like, I'm never going back to corporate and I'm going to pursue makeup. So in a sense, like I, I poured every ounce of like my free time into learning how to do makeup. So it became, I don't want to say an obsession, but almost like an obsession because it was a distraction. So I just like poured myself into it. And like, I always say it, I'm like, as corny as this sounds, but like makeup saved my life. And here I am today, just, yeah, still at it, loving it. Mm-hmm. Best decision that I ever made. So Thank you so much for like sharing that, especially, yeah. you know, the personal parts of it. And yeah. I'm just, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Because, you know, like those situations can end in disaster. And not just, you know, by your partner, but like the stuff that you do to yourself and the shame that you carry from Mm -hmm. being in a situation like that. Would you say like, were you like exploring like makeup while you were with that partner? Or did it take like leaving that partner to be able to kind of like embrace that creativity and the beauty? I was doing it when I was with that partner. But like I said, more like a hobby. I had never really thought about it as a career until Mm -hmm. like maybe mid 2000s, like around that time, a couple of years before, because I wasn't exposed to careers like that where I grew up. And it was like, you know, what is a makeup artist as like your whole career? And then, you know, realizing like there's a whole art world out there of artists and who doing this as their job. And it was like, that's kind of cool. And I was just too scared to do it on my own. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like the push I needed when I lost my job. Yeah. It was like, get out, get the fuck out. Like, yeah. just do what you want to do. Yeah. So I feel like everybody always has like, Biddies, you you know, because you're a listener of this podcast. We've had mm-hmm. so many incredible people on here. And it's like through these life events that we've kind of found our true passions. And yeah. sometimes it's like incredibly like sad and traumatic and like life altering events. But it's makeup. It's so amazing that makeup can have that kind of effect on people's lives. Yes. Yes. It really does. And people are like, it's just makeup. I'm like, maybe to you, but like to a lot of us, it's a lot more than that. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it built my self-esteem back up. It right. brought me a ton of like new friends who are supportive and amazing. And like it's the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. So <laughs> Well, we're so glad to have you in the community too, because you just yes. you do such amazing work. Yeah. Speaking about, you know, how you were in corporate, you didn't have the background in makeup. I feel like where you like your accomplishments so far and like, you know, your different career highlights <laughs> have been like so like fast. I feel like you've you've gotten really like a foothold in this industry so quickly. Obviously, you're so, so incredibly talented and you're an amazing person. So like, you you know, that's what gets you like jobs is like who you are as a person. But you can't sit back and like do nothing. So what do you think like from your corporate life kind of like has given you like a leg up on fast tracking your career? Or do you think that like there's anything that, you know, makeup artists don't think about like that they should be doing? But the thing is, like, there's so many different things. And I feel like at first, I kind of like tried a little bit of everything. And I feel like going into it, I still feel like I don't have like a specialty. 
And I feel like that comes with like a lot of experience and being in the industry for a really long time. But like just doing a little bit of everything, working with people that like align with your career goals as well, I think is really important. That's like one thing that I tell people and like I believe fully is like look at who you're working with because those are the people that you're going to grow with. And if you work well together, you'll continue to work together. And like, you know, you kind of help each other like up the ladder. So for me, I was always kind of like nervous to kind of go after uh, working with like people who are already really established in their career. And I always kind of was like that mentality of like, I don't want to sit at their table. I want to like build my own. So it was like you are of course like networking with everyone and always just be nice and things like that. Cause a lot of times these opportunities do come from word of mouth and like referrals from your peers. Mm-hmm. But I definitely say like working in line with people who have the same career goals as you. I work with a yeah. lot of photographers, mostly females who are trying to do the same thing as I am. And we kind of help each other and we work a lot together and that's a big one. Do you remember how you made those contacts? Because we've always talked about like networking and things like that. Like what were some of the things that you did to like get to work with those people? Yeah. So, I mean, essentially just like I said, we were all kind of starting at the same level and Facebook groups are like a big one for me. Instagram, I I really believe in the power of actually using a social media platform for what it's for. I feel like, yeah, exactly. Like we, people are like, Oh, I don't know. I don't get anything from Instagram. And I'm like, well, you kind of have to take it just what it's for now. And it's like finding other people who have a similar interest as you. I feel like we both have similar followings where it's like, a community of other artists rather than mm-hmm. just people who follow mm-hmm. and like just be genuinely interested in people and their work. I mean, I've mm-hmm. created relationships, not even looking for like to work together with people on Instagram. And then one day an opportunity comes across and they're like, Hey, do you want to like shoot together one day? Like we should do that. And it's like, Oh, like, yeah. Okay. So I think just being genuine. Yeah. Interested, yeah. I agree. And I was like thinking about this just now. I was like, we met, our first like initial contact was actually on Clubhouse. Like I feel like, and that's how we first connected. I kind of wish I got back. Like I haven't been on Clubhouse in a really long time, but like, (laughs) but when it was popping off, like, let me tell you, being able to actually talk to like some of the top artists in the world. And now I have like those people in my kind of like, you know, Rolodex, but like I actually made connections with them. It was such a good app to be on. And I think it's still, you know, like lives and thrives, but like, I'm just not as into it anymore, but that's how we made a connection. So that just goes to prove like, you really never know how you're going to connect with someone. It's true. And it's like, I even too, like being in New York sometimes before the pandemic, like way before the pandemic hit and before I like stopped drinking and stuff, I was in a bar sitting next to this woman who was like already tanked. And I was just talking to her and she used to work like for Vogue in the nineties and was like telling me some crazy stories, but on photo shoots and work with all like the famous Vogue photographers. And I'm just like, you just never know who you're going to end up talking to. Mm -hmm. Like it's really Mm -hmm. what it comes down to. And then a lot of like people that I met in the city when I first moved here to were in creative fields and I wasn't, but like stayed in touch. And then, have kind of also like refound them. You just never know. I feel like finding your way to be social, like if you have social anxiety and Instagram isn't like more comfortable for you, definitely use it to your advantage. I also tell you, Biddy, is like tell people you're a makeup artist. Like literally like that example. Like yeah. I've been in so many situations here in Atlanta because there's huge film industry, by the way. If you're ever looking to get into film and you feel like mm-hmm. you can't get in where you are, come down to Atlanta because like 
there are so many opportunities here yeah. and you could be talking to someone. I was like, you know, in like a bar and yeah, I was talking to like all these people who were working on a Tyler Perry film. Like yeah. I live one exit from Tyler Perry studios. Like I live five yeah. minutes away from there. So like you could be talking to someone, you have to tell people you're a makeup artist, like yeah. own that shit and like talk about yourself with pride. Like yeah. tell people like, don't feel like you're being like too like markety exchange your Instagram because you really don't yeah. know. Like <laughs> every single shoot that I'm on, I get everyone's Instagram. Like every time I don't care. Like I'm being that girl. They're probably like excited about it. And maybe you're just nervous to ask, but I'm just like, what's your Instagram? They follow you back. Cool. If not, whatever. But like, it's yeah. just, you know, a Rolodex of people. I've had models message me about opportunities, other photographers, like hair stylists, yeah. stylists, like everyone looks out for each other ultimately. So it's yeah. kind of like, I people even who get it, get it. <laughs> yeah. The girls that get it, get it. <laughs> and the girls exactly. that don't, don't. <laughs> I, it's so funny though. Cause like, I also bridged that over. Like when I started online dating recently, I put my Instagram handle in my online, in my Bumble profile, which was actually a mistake because then like, <gasps> Oh no, you get people sliding in your DMS and then you oh, have yeah. people following you that like, you know, they're actually kind of fucking up your engagement. <laughs> I was like, this is a bad like idea. And women, like random people following me. Yeah. I know. Apparently yeah. people do that on Tinder and they get banned for it. Like they just swipe like right to everybody. Although that's not what you were doing. But I've heard people like get banned from Tinder to like, cause they just say yes to everyone and they yeah. don't answer messages. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I mean, gotta pass a wine nut. <laughs> smart, but <laughs> it's just so funny. And like, I, I now have come to a place where like, I'm at a place now where I will not share my social media with any person that I date unless I actually know them well, because I'm afraid of like, I don't know. I like maybe this, this is about the other topic that we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> I do not want like a random stranger that I'm possibly romantically interested in to yeah. go to my lipstick videos thing and be like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> like, I don't you know. know. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> imposter syndrome. You're just like, Oh, don't look yeah. at me. Like, what the fuck like, is yeah. she doing? I know. But I love your videos. And I feel like you and I have very similar, not only like views on the industry, but also like very similar sense of humor. Yeah. And you're, there's like, you know, a handful of us that like do these types of videos, makeup artist centered videos on TikTok and Instagram. I've actually talked about it on a previous podcast about how I love how you had the idea to like, not put your reels on your main feed because I feel like a lot of people are afraid of making like reels like we do, which biddies you're yeah. listening, you know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> people are afraid because they're like, I don't want to, you know, mess up the aesthetic of it. I don't want to look like yeah. an influencer, but like the way that you do it is great because you still have all of your professional pictures on your main yeah. feed. And then your real feed is a lot of you. Yeah, I kind of I said because it was like more aesthetically because like my ultimate goal is like I use Instagram for client related things like, you know, my my main feed is kind of like my work and I want that to be front and center. But then my reels are relatable and that's kind of become like my outlet a little bit now in a sense. Yeah. So and they boost um, and your page. So exactly. And they're oh. fun. And it's like a fun way to to poke fun at the industry hopefully not really offend anyone that's like never my intentions but it's like you know what? someone <laughs> okay listen 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 i'm going to level with everyone so like i don't know when this episode's going to air it's probably me yeah. a couple months away from when this happened but i went on my stories 
you know, talking about hygiene, talking about the artist who put the jar, it's like gel, and then like dipped into it on the client's head. I did not expect to have my story count like blew up. And usually (laughs) I get between like two and 300 views on my stories on like a good day. It was like up to 700 views. And I was like, what the actual fuck? And it was because people were sending them. I'm not trying to specifically call makeup artists out on their artistry. You know what I mean? Or like what they're doing, like things when it comes to like hygiene and like professionalism and ethics are things that need to be talked about more in our industry. And they're just not because everybody is like just minding their own business. And who hurts the most? The people that we work on, like our clients, the models, those are the people that are going to be actually dealing with the effects of that. So I know I feel like at one point you've done, first of all, you've, you've been so like front and center with interviews and you've been on a couple podcasts so far, but obviously like a clubhouse. I'm pretty sure I recall you mentioning that you were like hesitant to start doing those kinds of reels because you were like nervous, to like put yourself in front of the camera. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? What would that was? Yeah, like for you? absolutely. I've always, 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 always been terrified of like public speaking being the center of attention. Even in high school, I would take a failing grade before I had to do a presentation. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding. College too. I was just kind of like, there was two reasons I dropped out of college. One, I just hated it. And two presentations don't like it. So for me to like get in front of the camera is like really hard. Like it's something I've worked on. And like, I know like one of the things I did was I did a YouTube video with Allure and like tough, tough. So, but it was kind of like, I had gotten used to being in front of the camera, especially because I'm by myself when I make those. So it's not as bad, Mm -hmm. but it was like, how are these going to be portrayed? And I know like certain topics can be very touchy and Mm -hmm. and I just like is this gonna ruin my career? Like is one of these videos gonna go the completely wrong to get on the wrong side of whatever and like is it gonna cause a problem? Am I gonna offend somebody? Am I gonna look unprofessional? It's like all these things just start running through your head. And I was like, you know what? People say it all the time, like your people find you. Yes. If a brand doesn't want to work with me or someone doesn't want to work with me because of a reel that I made, like we're not gonna we're probably not the best for each other. Like I need someone who's got the same sense of humor as me, who has like you know, and you'll find values. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it it helps to create a community and make a lot of other artists like not feel alone in these things a lot of the time. So I feel like it's just an anxiety thing that I know is like in my own head and I have to just kind of like push through. So I feel like a lot of people like need to do that. And um, I like say this, I feel like on every episode, just just get on TikTok, just start messing around with it, seeing what you like, you know, repurpose that for reels or vice versa. (laughs) Do what, you know, do what feels good. But like, don't, yeah, like as long as it's always coming from like a good place and a place that feels good to you, that you enjoy making it, it'll be received well, a hundred percent of the time. That's how like most of these people, most of the people that follow Mm -hmm. me found me was through real. So I know like one specifically I made, I was a little, I was really nervous about posting. It was the one where I like got annoyed with the model on her phone and like, (laughs) I was just like, really, I was like, I don't want to offend all the people I know who are models because like we're friendly and like I only really had this problem once or twice. So it was like, but even they were like laughing and they're mm-hmm. like, oh no, like it was, it was like a joke. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this is, this is my other thing. I think that like you and I would agree on this. Like 
I think there's a difference between something that like we can laugh at about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like people can like, there's like people that make videos about makeup artists, like shit that we do that aren't makeup artists, that makeup artists can still laugh at because you're just like, yeah, we, we kind of fucking do that. Totally. You know, yeah. That kind of thing. And like, I wouldn't be offended if a photographer did that. I'd, I'd like fucking laugh at it if it was funny. I think when it crosses the line and where you kind of want to like question your motivations for making the video, because I feel like a lot of people who do these kinds of videos do this from the place that they're trying to go viral. Yeah. Or when you're like either, you know, kicking up drama for no reason, not saying yeah, yeah. speaking on like a situation that's like actually is a teachable moment. Right. Right. But like where I think that like people should definitely like think about what they're doing is when you start posting videos about client interactions, I think that that starts bleeding into like the ethical, like, yeah, you know, yeah. things that happen behind closed doors, which is usually supposed to be like, confidential, you know, things mm-hmm. that clients say or do, because you don't know what's going on in their life in that moment. If they were having a really bad day, like yeah. I, I think about that. And I'm like, you know, they're Karen sketches. But like, if I put myself in that person's position, what if that was like a really fucking bad day in my life? And unfortunately, yeah. I took it out on the person and it was embarrassing and like should have never happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I see it going viral on TikTok. Like how embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, well, I've been on the (laughs) other side of Karen moments, like working in retail and you are right. Most of the time it is always a bad day. End of the day. I don't think it should be shared on social media. I completely agree with you, but it's like, I don't think specifics like never making fun of somebody like specifically. Yeah. And is like off limits, but you know, we have to make fun of like the broad topic moments. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to offend someone. It's not, it's not nice. Right. And like, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, the brands that want to work with you. Same with me. I was actually really afraid to start posting. Like, I feel like I've started getting a little bit more sassy, a little bit more like instead of beating around the bush, because I was so scared to, especially with things like paying your makeup artists for, you know, like no free labor. And then also, Mm -hmm. you know, brands that are undercutting content creators specifically. And it's funny because like, whenever I post a video like that, people will DM me and be like, Oh, I know that video is about this brand. And I'm like, actually, it's like not. It's actually not. It's a lot, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but really, if you want to know, the, the thing that set it off was this brand. But like, it, it wasn't like, it really yeah. wasn't directed towards. But that just goes to show how rampant the exploitation in this industry is because people yeah. are like shouting out like 20 different brands because of yeah. experiences that they've had. I bet you every single person who saw that video thought of a different brand. Yes. Like really. Think about and people it. really like, think they know. Yeah. Like, no, you don't know. Yeah. But anyways, so in talking about <laughs> in talking about people exploiting people. But yeah, that's I feel like that's why we often get along too, because we really talk about those things. I don't know if you heard, you know, so the Makeup Artist Guild Awards, I didn't post about mm-hmm. this because and I don't know if I should keep this up. The Makeup Artistry Guild Awards and the Hairstylist Awards. Did you watch that? Or did I you watch not, any clips? No. Okay, so you know that that was like this past week, right? Yes. And it's like a huge event to honor hairstylists and makeup artists in this industry. Mm-hmm. One of my followers sent me a clip from the very end of the show where they go. So we want to bring out all of our backstage hair and makeup stylists that did all of our presenters for free volunteered for this show. 
<laughs> Lindsay just went to walk off. <laughs> Lindsay left the building. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and she was just like, I can't believe that like the industry that's supposed to be supporting us at our, at our own event is literally advocating for the volunteer and free work. Thoughts? Thing about award shows myself, because I've seen award shows too, where like you have to pay to submit yourself. That's true. That's also true. And I'm just like, I feel like they're just like a popularity contest. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, or it's like they're using it for their own gain. Like, wasn't it? There was, I forget who it was. It wasn't, they were looking for like ambassadors and it ended up just being like a campaign to like get the company more following. I don't want to name names, but like, I don't remember. I don't know. I just always feel like there's like another motive thing under motive besides yeah. like honoring artists for these kinds of things. And it like breaks my heart. It's like the idea is great. But like, then you have stuff like that that happens and you're like, what is a thought process? I think my, I was more annoyed that they like took that moment to specifically say that it was free and volunteer because then I feel like that just put a platform on it and like a stamp of approval within the industry that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, also, like you said, like they're honoring people who are like, it's just their career. And then they're just kind of like, oh yeah, I did it for free. Woo. Like it just, It's so sad. Biddies, you've heard me so many times raving about how incredible my Patreon community is. And I want to tell you guys about it because it is the best way to support your girl, the HBIC, as we build this Lipstick Biddies community up worldwide. You all want to support me. I appreciate that. It is so much work to run this podcast. It is a one-woman show. We are just starting to up-level with new things like editors and all these crazy things that I'm finally getting to pay for because of the support of my patrons and I cannot thank you enough. So the Patreon is amazing because you get to support me with a small monthly donation starting at $5 a month. Biddies, that is less than the price of a lipstick and you get something in return as a thank you from me to you. You get monthly bonus episodes. You get a merch pack. You get a podcast shout out. You get monthly meetups. You get makeup classes. It is incredible. There are different tiers Pick whichever one's right for you. It is the best way to support me and also connect with biddies around the world, both pro makeup artists and beauty enthusiasts, and also have a little bit more of an intimate experience with your girl. I love my patrons. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. It truly is the best way to help grow this community, and I appreciate all of you so much. Check the link in the show notes or just go to patreon.com slash lipstickbiddies. Thanks, biddies, and see you in the Patreon. But we have to advocate for ourselves. And like you were saying, like, you know, build our network and build our network full of people that think alike and that, you know, will fight for our rates. You know, you want to you just really want to, like, be really intentional and pay attention to the way that people do their business negotiations, because that has the potential to really, like, propel your career or really, like, set it back. Yeah. And like, I've noticed, like, too, I feel like when I started, like, I still do tests for, I don't want to say, like, for free essentially but they're the photographer that i love their work or i love working with and like we're on the same page and it's like we all need portfolio work or need right. you know social media stuff we want to work together like that's when people say oh i'm not working for free like that's not free work like you're everyone's getting something getting something it. right like when someone's like i had this very specific idea like i want this and i'm just like i started just saying no like i started limiting tests so much same i feel like and I don't get the requests as much anymore. And like part of me feels it's kind of like, you know, people do talk in the industry. Like 
you know, when you say to somebody, oh, like I went someone's like here the other day, they're having a sale. I'm sure people talk about that's the exact same way. Yes. Oh, I got makeup done by so-and-so and they only charge this. When that person reached out to you and you want more money, they're going to say no. So it's like, you kind of have to like stand your ground eventually and just start, yeah. like I said, advocating for yourself and being like, this is yes. what they want. Yeah. And the best way to advocate for yourself also is to just ask as many questions as possible, especially if you don't know the person. I think that it's good if you like know the person, you could still ask questions, but like asking, like, I'm sure everybody has done this before where like they assumed it was a test and then all of a sudden it adds, ends up, it's like an advertisement or like you find out that like the photographer is getting paid, but you were unpaid you know, like different scenarios. And that's when like deal memos and stuff come in, which are ways to like protect ourselves as makeup artists. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you get the pushback, usually that should be a red flag to you that someone might be trying to pull something. But if they're very like upfront and like willing to have a conversation and also negotiate with you, then it's like all cool. Yeah, absolutely. I've had many occasions where, like I said, a lot of times, like I'll get hired by the brand will go to a photographer and the photographer will put the team together. And sometimes whether or not the brand reaches out to me directly by their referral or the photographer will do the negotiating and then send a pitch, whatever. So it's like, it's just being honest. The people that I work with and I'm like, realist, okay, is my normal rate that I tell you going to be, is it going to scare them? Like I'll tell them flat out and they'll be like, nope, just give it to me. Or this is like what they're offering me kind of a thing. So it's like, you can kind of gauge like what they're paying the photographer. It's like what you're going to get kind of a right. thing. Right. And it's like, okay, then I'll figure out if it's worth an it. appropriate, if it's worth it. But it's like, I feel like you said just having those conversations and working with people who are open to the conversation is a huge thing. And like you said, if they're pushing back against it, it's a red flag. Yeah. In my opinion, we want yeah. people who are very transparent about money in this industry now because yeah. <laughs> I even have like a note in my phone because it's hard to remember like what questions to ask when you're going back and forth. So go back and forth a couple of times and then I'll go back into my phone and be like, did I ask? Oh shit, I didn't ask this. And then I'll go back up. Sorry, just one more question. Just want to find out this. Just don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. I know something that I do, like a practice that I do is I have all the questions like over the years that like I know now to like ask up front saves mm-hmm. like a draft email in my email. So when I'm responding, That's- it's right there. And you know, it's basically just like, hey, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. If you don't mind, it'll help me determine what the best rate would be. And then like I ask, and if I need to elaborate on some things, great. But most of the time now I have it like down to a science as to like how many models, how long is the shoot for? What is this being used for? Like all those things. Yeah. And, and that's why like being streamlined is so important. That probably comes from your background in corporate. Mm -hmm. And these are ways that we can save time as makeup artists to be doing other things. Because if you just have a draft email or a note in your phone and you could just copy paste it instead of, writing that out every single time, you'd be surprised like how much time that would save. Not only that, because I know a lot of people get overwhelmed and just don't answer those emails sometimes if they think it's a little off. It's -hmm. better to just send that email off and then be professional about it and not leave those people like hanging. That way, you know, they still get an email back even if it's not going to be a good fit. Yeah. And sometimes too, they're emailing multiples and whoever answers first gets the gig. So that's right. always fun. <laughs> that too. That too. So we were, I know we just mentioned an award show. You just did, well, I guess it was a couple months ago, but like super recently, you just did the VMAs makeup. Yes. So I would love to hear about that. How, how yeah. was that experience for you? What was that like? It was 
amazing. It was so fast and actually extremely pleasant. I did it with two close friends of mine who were makeup artists as well. They were they assisted me, Emily and Andra. They were fantastic. But I actually came through a referral for the hairstylist. So he had gotten word of the job. It was for Kim Petras's backup dancers. Mm-hmm. So we had I think six or seven dancers to get ready in four hours in like a hotel room because <laughs> the VMAs are actually very strict about all of the COVID things. I took right. three tests that morning with them. Wow. My nose started bleeding. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like through a production agency. And like I said, it, you just never know who's going to be like, I need a makeup artist and yeah. you know anyone. So that was kind of how I got one of my bigger milestone opportunities. And it was fantastic. I put on like a soothing playlist for everybody while we did makeup and got ready. You know, it's a high stress. It's like a yeah. huge show. It's filmed like live. So it's kind of like, ah, but it was fantastic. It went really well. We had got to do like this really cool editorial, bright blush, bright pink eyeliner. And that was cute. It was just like a dream. It was a dream. Yeah. Well, we post it. So look at the highlights reel if you're listening yeah. to this. The week that it airs always in the highlights reel, you'll see reposts from the most recent two weeks of the podcast. So with the actual makeup design, was that something that you were able to do? Or was that coming down from like the key for Kim? No, it was actually come from the, her production team. So it was I had to be approved as a makeup artist to be the key, which I found out later on. And I was like, oh, stressful. But they kind of told us like they sent us a mood board on what they wanted. Because like, I think like the stylists and everything for Kim stylists wanted that look. So we had to implement it as they wanted it. So, you know, we did like, I did the first look and sent some photos to the producer and they okayed it. And then we continued to do everyone. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's stressful. I'm kind of happy. I didn't have to design the look the first time. because I feel like that would have just been a whole other level of stress that I wouldn't have. (laughs) Like baby steps. (laughs) And what was it like, like seeing your makeup on TV? I was like, this is wild. It was just, it was so, it was really, really surreal. It always is. I feel like it's like the first time you see like your makeup and like print, you're just like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> it was really cool. And then, you know, in traditional, I'm like, what's next? I'm like, this is great. <laughs> on to the next thing. Come on. I want more. I want more. <laughs> so, but it was like, it was a really great experience and I'm really glad too. I got to experience it with like people that I know and I'm friends with, which was even better. So it was, yeah. it was super cool. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank it's you. Amazing. So One other question I actually had about that was mm-hmm. I know, so a lot of makeup artists that do work on both celebrities and at award shows, they often can get sponsored by a brand and then the brand can provide them with product. I know you were sponsored from Danessa Myricks, which yeah. we stand Danessa Myricks because I'm sure that you've done that before for other things. Yeah. How do you go about reaching out to a brand if you're doing something like that? Absolutely. So when you're looking to get like sponsored for something, you kind of have to have like a confirmation. So like for me, like if you were to email and be like, oh, we want to submit this to places, they're most likely going to say no. So just keep that in mind. It's a little, it's a little upsetting, but you do have to have something confirmed. And Looking at when they sent me the mood board, I was like, okay, well, obviously we need to use Vanessa because they want bubblegum pink and they, and their dancers and it's hot and we don't want it to move. So that was obviously like my first thing, especially like vision cream too. Like they Mm -hmm. have a great range and we can cover all the models. And it was just, it was the dream brand. So I emailed them and just like, I found the PR email and just introduced myself. And I said, hi, I'm Lindsay. 
my makeup artist here, I'm going to be doing this and this. Would love if, you know, we could have this product for it just so like all the dancers are cohesive. And I even was like, we're happy to, to post that on social media and anything right. like that. And they asked a few questions afterwards and yeah, they were like, we'd love to send some stuff over. So I think just like being honest and exactly what it is. Sometimes I'll, I've gotten more no's than yeses. I'll be completely transparent. You know, mm-hmm. brands are really particular about because I'm sure a lot of people are emailing them and they want to make sure that it aligns with everything, but it doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't. And especially with a project and something like that, it, it right. definitely is. But just like I said, just kind of give them a rundown of what you're doing. Send your website, like send all your information. And yeah, we'll see what they say. I love how you said, you know, like you could just ask. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to just ask it's something that we often talk about yeah. that affects a lot of people. You good old imposter syndrome. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which that definitely comes from. Is imposter syndrome something that you've dealt with a lot? Oh my God, I still do. I still do. (laughs) There are... And it's always when like business is slow. And I'm like... I sit here and I just like stew in my own brain. And I'm like, am I really? Like, no. I haven't been doing this that long. Like, I can't. No. No. Like, it's so terrible. But it's like... I've like kind of learned little ways to like remind myself. It's gotten a lot better. But I've learned little ways to like remind myself that... Snap out of it. <laughs> well, I'm laughing also. It's not it's not funny because it's like something that's like really annoying that I, I deal with as well. But I'm laughing because I think of your reels that you've done on imposter syndrome. <laughs> and it's always so funny to me. So of course, you gotta we'll repost those. So can you give yeah. some insight if you want to let us in on your tips? Yeah, absolutely. So like my most recent one, I actually I find was way better than I thought it was going to go. So I recently started exploring like an emailing list and making a newsletter for myself. Even if you do it just for yourself, every three months, like that's when I'm going to do mine, just put together like a recap of all the stuff that you've done. And I literally was sitting here and I was like, wow, I've done more than I thought I did. (laughs) (laughs) It was a recap for like January, February, like January, February. But like even I was throwing in some December, I didn't, I did not work almost all of January. And I was like, oh my God. Even so, like right before like the holidays, and I was like putting stuff together from like the beginning of December and like a little bit of like some projects I did for January, and I was just kind of like, "Wait a minute, this is kind of this is kind of nice." Like I found stuff to put on this newsletter, and then like also too, I like factored in projects I knew had coming up, and I was like, "Oh wow, like this is actually really good." Like just sit down and kind of like just go over some of the stuff that you've accomplished, like as if you were like, to send it out, like bulk up your like make your own resume type of thing right. like it's just like wow i am doing it also like just looking go back and look at like just i always like put in my like search bar for email like tear sheets and just like look at all the stuff that you've worked on and you're yeah. like oh yeah okay no i'm doing it i'm doing yes. it refresh your website with like new work it always makes you feel better to like okay i know like it can be cringy sometimes but like go back and look at like your work when you first started versus mm-hmm. now and it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah i've come a long way Oh yeah. Stuff like that. So just you have to like do these little things to just look at your progress because when you're looking in terms of like from like a month or two months ago, you're not gonna feel like you made a big leap. But right if you look back at like five years ago, Rachel and five years ago, Lindsay, holy crap. Like you know, right. It's it's a huge difference and and it makes you feel like, okay, I'm I'm actually doing this, like I'm not full of shit. So yeah. One of the things that I like, it's uh, what you were saying about the newsletter. 
If you don't have a newsletter, this is actually the same concept I was taught by Angelique Belez because I'm in her coming clutch group, which is her networking group that I'm in with like, it's like a very small group. It's like 15 people. She like the very first session said, buy a brand new journal and Mm -hmm. you are going to always, every time you have accomplishments, she calls them champagne popping moments, uh, but you could do, you know, if you don't drink, you know, just like a nice treat for yourself. She puts in the fridge, like little like champagne bottles with like a tag on them that say like something that she wants to accomplish. So she gets to pop that bottle of champagne. That's really cute. Like you could do, you know, if you, if you don't drink, you could do like chocolates, like, you know what I mean? Something that's like very like, that gives you like a little indulgent moment, a celebratory moment so that you have something to look forward to. Like when I did the makeup show, when I covered the makeup show as press, that was one of the ones that was in my fridge that I was like, that I wrote before I even knew that I was going to do it. So you can manifest those things. And then also, so the journal, write down in the journal every time you accomplish something so that you can go back when you feel like shit about yourself and you're like, I'm not doing anything. I'm terrible. And then you go to your notebook and you're like, oh my God, I'm not terrible. Look at all the things that I did because you forget. Yes. And like imposter syndrome is like a mental health thing. And as anyone who suffers from anxiety, depression, anything, like it's a constant thing that you have to work on. Like you're never, it never just goes away. And it's the same thing. Like you have to work at keeping yourself in a good place. And it's like, these are little ways that you can do that. And it's, it's hard. And like, also a big thing is like, I'm big on is like bragging about your moment. If you don't have somebody yeah. that you can brag about, like, tell me, I am always so excited to hear people's like accomplishments, anything like just tell yeah. somebody it feels so good for someone to like celebrate with you. So, so biddies, if you're listening to this right now, regardless of when you listen to it, please tag me and Lindsay on social with your most recent accomplishment in your story or, you know, in the post so that we could repost it to our, um, I'll, I'll repost it to like my story with your most recent accomplishment, regardless of when you listen to this, just so we can like keep uplifting people with their accomplishments. And we can give you like a little like, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Pat on the back moment. It's also <laughs> so hard too with the pandemic. I feel like, you know, those are yeah. things that like I would typically like go out and do something for. But like sometimes you have to take the initiative on it. Like yeah. I even like had like when I launched the Omnia brush line, I called my friend and I was like, hey, like, can you just like come over and we'll just like pop a bottle of champagne because it'd be really nice to like enjoy this moment. And she was yeah. like there for it. And like, it was just me and her and like just having someone to, you know, celebrate or go out to dinner with, take the reins on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot of people in your life who are going to be really supportive of you. If there's not, find new friends. But, if, you know, you have a lot of friends out there who would be so excited to hear your accomplishments. Every little one of them. Every time someone is just like, I did makeup today that I loved. And I'm like, fuck yeah, girl. I love it. Right. It's just so exciting. I right. The I first celebrating. The first moment when you realize that you can color match any skin tone. <laughs> like the first, like the first day I feel like that that clicked in my head that I was like, I'm completely confident in my complexion skills. It can be something that simple or like perfecting yeah. like wing liner, being able to do right. wing liner on people. Biddy's obviously not everybody that listens here is a pro artist. Like I'm I'm sure that you all have so many accomplishments in your personal and professional life that mm-hmm. we'd also love to celebrate. Even Absolutely. If, even if it's doing makeup on yourself and you just picked out the perfect red lip for you. Like, let's see it. Let's see it all. We want to see yes. it all. All of it. All of it. <laughs> so we're kind of like running up on time. Yeah. But 
I love this conversation. I feel like we covered so many things. I know. I love it. <laughs> and it's always so fast. Make sure also, uh, Lindsay's recently been on the Life of a Makeup Artist podcast. We also did, uh, Lindsay does Instagram lives. We did a little chat with me and her a while ago. So I'll repost those as well so that you can learn a little bit more about Lindsay, especially the one with Life of a Makeup Artist. You guys delve into that a lot. Some of the stuff that we touched on, but other stuff as well. So you can learn all about Lindsay. And Lindsay, I know that you probably love Would You Rather. So I made a Would You Rather question for you. And everybody's always so scared. And I'm like trying to figure out what kind of like other games to play uh, as we go into season two. We're along for this like journey. I'm still finding my flow here. But at the core, Would You Rather, obviously we have the card deck. it's really good. It is really it's iconic. Good. But, you know, it's, it's like triggers is part of like a makeup artist's brain. We're like, oh, I hope this never really happens to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this is actually a good one. This is actually, okay. like, it's like a good thing versus a good thing. Okay? okay, so would you rather have night vision to do makeup in no matter what lighting situation? Okay, or never have to buy pro makeup supplies ever again? Oh. Okay, I'm going to go with the no buying makeup supplies. Yeah? Yeah. I'll just go buy night vision glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, we always we always should be able to do makeup in like no matter the lighting, which we've talked about. How many times I've had to whip this out with one hand and just be like, hold on. If we we saw the Julia Fox makeup from near fashion week, we know that we we need to be able to do makeup in no matter the lighting. I would choose the night vision. because I would just really go full force trying to get sponsorships (laughs) and more PR deals to not have to like to just get makeup for free. And then I would assume having that night vision would just like up level my career. And so like, I feel like I would be gifted a lot of makeup if I was like the night vision makeup artist. (laughs) This is true. You'd be all over the tabloids and stuff. Like you'd have write-ups everywhere. I'd have my own show. I'd be like John Edwards, like the psychic, but like (laughs) put me in a dark room and I could actually like do someone's makeup in pitch black. Like you'd actually come and like, or like those, have you heard of this? Like you probably have like the pitch black dining experiences. Just going to say that. It freaks me out so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. It's supposed to be really cool because like your senses are heightened and I get it, but I'm just like, the thought of sitting in a room with other people in pitch black, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> I don't, and like, I don't like sounds. Like, I wouldn't want to hear like someone I can't chewing. See. Chewing, yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine if someone just like gulping and chewing in my ear, like, yeah, no, yeah, but like, but so in this scenario, I would have my own boutique and people come in to be like super camp, but like also <laughs> amazing. That's actually I, really I, good I see it. I, I see it for myself. <laughs> I'll come bring you my free supplies. So how about that? Yes, you get all the sponsorships and we'll, we'll funnel them in. Yes, perfect. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for offering everything that you we talked about. Yeah. It's been amazing. I'm so glad to have you as a friend and a member of this community. And it's just been like a joy. And we'll have to do like a part two for sure. Before we log off if you can let the listeners know where they can find you on social media anything else you want to say as parting words of advice or anything like that before we say goodbye yes so sure my instagram's just my name at lindsay castic and then like my website and everything is on my instagram 
And my parting words is a big thing that I like to say is just trust your journey. Everything leads to something and it's like, just kind of trust. Don't rush it. Just let it flow. So you'll get to where you want to go. That rhymed. It wasn't intentional, but... (laughs) (laughs) She rhymes too. (laughs) Dr. Seuss out. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we'll end it. Thank you for listening to the Lipstick Biddies podcast. To receive a special surprise from the head biddy in charge in the mail, make sure to drop a review in the app and DM your screenshot to me at Lipstick Biddies. Remember, you are a badass fucking biddy. See you next week.